0: Ready for a -a one-of-a-kind experience. Welcome, welcome to the Starter Zone, your home for the weekly news from around the world. Your host for this journey, Amanda.
1: Proceed to party, my friends.
0: She's going to bring you everything you need to hear about entertainment, gaming, and maybe just a little bit bizarre. Hold tight, because here... She
1: comes. Wow, thank you so much, Raven, for that warm welcome and hello there, my friends. Good day to you all and welcome back to the Starter Zone. I am your guide, Amanda. Y'all, it is almost time for the biggest sports day in, in America, that is. We got two more shows and I'll stop talking about it. Maybe, probably, kinda depends on what happens. So, today is the tw- the 9th of February. We're almost halfway through this month already. Let's go ahead and check out some of the headlines we're covering. So, Taylor's tour movie finally has a streaming home. Uh, we lost a huge country music legend this week. ESPN's rolling out some big news, and some of it's involving Nick Saban. Epic just got a huge cash infusion. We've been alerted to a tragedy on a Marvel set, we've got some odd news and more. Get comfy my friends, let's get started. Time to get started with some music news. So Taylor Swift, the era's tour pulled in. $261.7 million at the global box office after its October 13th wide theatrical debut. Now, this became like the highest grossing concert film to date. The film was shot at the first three shows that she did in Los Angeles of the Eras tour, and it was from August 3rd through the 5th. So, 3rd, 4th, and 5th of 2023. And the thing clocked in at like two hours and 45 minutes, which means five songs from the regular set list were actually omitted because of time constraints. Now, the Eras Tour, produced by Swift and directed by Sam Wrench, and it included 44 songs. Now, her production company, Taylor Swift Productions, produced the film in collaboration with Silent House Productions. 2023, the Eras Tour, the live version, spanned music from her currently 17 year career and it pulls in i don't think i looked at the numbers it was over a billion dollars in gross ticket sales and as the tour is continuing she's not done yet through 2024 it is expected to exceed 2 billion in total sales now that's per some projections by live music trade publication pollster the digital release of the eras tour was released on december the 13th which just happens to be taylor swift's birthday that version was distributed by universal pictures and it included three bonus songs not seen in theaters wildest dreams the archer and long live that pushed the total runtime to three hours and one minute well now it's been announced the Eros tour taylor's version is coming exclusively to disney plus and the concert film will include five songs that were not available in the theatrical or digital versions they're just going to keep adding more and more aren't they the newly expanded version of the Eras Tour will hit Disney Plus worldwide on March 15th of 2024. And along with the bonus songs that we saw in the digital release, we're also going to see Cardigan, which was a song that came out on her 2020 album, Folklore.
0: And I felt like I was.
1: The release date of the film on Disney Plus was announced by Disney CEO Bob Iger on the company's earnings call, but he didn't say what the additional songs were. The Eras tour, it's just been this huge phenomenon that has and actually continues to thrill fans around the world, and we're just excited to, to bring this electrifying concert to audiences whenever they want exclusively on Disney Plus. This was a statement from Iger himself. All we know about the four additional songs is that they're supposed to be acoustic songs. So we have any guesses? We got any clues? Anybody? Well, apparently Variety went and did an analysis on Swift's three shows at L.A.'s SoFi Stadium that were shot for the concert film, but were not included in the original cut. And they've made some educational guesses. And those include these surprise songs that she performs, Death by a Thousand Cuts, Maroon, you are in love and I can see you. But this is all speculation until Disney says something or Swift says something and or we just find out in March, you know, whichever comes first. So there's an interesting trivia piece I learned literally like two or three days ago. What was the name of the person who helped Taylor Swift get her big break? Any guesses? Well, the antihero song, who's now 34, first made her mark on the music industry with the 2006 release of her debut self-titled album after striking a deal with Big Machine Records. And now there's this resurfaced video and Swift can be seen discussing her first meeting with none other than Toby Keith for Big Machine Records and what it felt like to perform her songs for him. And now she is joining the millions of us that are mourning his passing. Toby passed away on Monday, February the 5th after a short battle with stomach cancer. He revealed his diagnosis back in 2022 and at the time he released the statement, I have spent the last six months receiving chemo, radiation, and surgery. So far, so good. I need time to breathe, recover, and relax. I am looking forward to spending time with my family, but I will see the fans sooner than later. He continued performing and... Recently played shows in like Las Vegas, I think was one of the last ones. But he also performed at the 2023 People's Choice Country Awards back in September and received the Country Icon Award. So I got to be honest on this one. I was actually recording my previous episode and, and working on a little bit more pre-show stuff uh, for the Tuesday show when the news of this broke. Um, you know, I haven't set where I get alerts for major events so I can report it to you guys. And I read it and I just I just sat there. I just, I sat back, closed my eyes for a minute and just sat there. And my brain started to play a whole bunch of different music. I grew up in a very eclectic music library family. We didn't listen to just one genre. I mean, we had hard rock. My dad introduced me to the 60s and 70s music. My mom, the 80s and 90s music, some 90s pop, you know. But at the core, my family and I loved country music and we still do to this day. And so Toby Keith's music was played a lot in my house growing up. We, my, <laughs> I do remember one time when my siblings and I, my brother, and my sister and I uh, ended up singing Red Solo Cup uh, together. It was actually, it's a good memory.
0: Red Solo Cup. Uh-huh. I fill you up. Let's have a party. Let's have a party.
1: And I see Raven over here. He's kind of rolling his eyes at me because I know he grew up listening to Toby Keith too. Uh, But if I'm not mistaken, and correct me if I'm wrong, yours was more of, uh, should have been a cowboy, right? Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, he he was not a big fan of of Solo Cup, but he liked cowboy songs. I do remember, and, and Raven will remember this one too, we remember hearing his 2002 song Courtesy of the Red, White, and Blue, the Angry American song, that was released in the aftermath of September the 11th. And that one, honestly, I mean, he was popular before, but that one made him a household name because it traversed further than the country music section of of entertainment music, it really, it started making its way onto the contemporary stations and everywhere else. So I know it's not, he's not family to me, but this loss felt a little more personal about Paul because I was a fan of his growing up. Toby Keith was known for performing hundreds of shows for U.S. service members abroad. And he went over to Afghanistan. He's gone over to Iraq. He's also done events for uh, Presidents Donald Trump, Barack Obama, and George W. Bush. And sometimes he even gifted wounded veterans with wheelchairs uh, during his concerts. Back in 2021, then-President Trump awarded Toby Keith the National Medal of Arts with the National Endowment for the Arts described as the highest award given to artists and arts patrons by the United States government. Toby Keith's music will resonate for a long time. He is already sorely missed. And now for something completely different. It's time for some sports. Big news from ESPN and boy do well, I hope this one doesn't include more cheating for awards. ESPN is about to take a bigger swing at streaming video. The Disney sports media giant is aiming to launch a standalone direct-to-consumer product that would give subscribers its full portfolio of game day content, sports center, talk shows and analysis programs by the fall of 2025 and potentially by August of that year which would be right ahead of the NFL season. Now this is according to Bob Iger the company's CEO. Bob had a very busy call the other day. He's got a lot of news. ESPN is already offering its ESPN Plus subscription video service but that offering was kind of just made to be like a compliment to their regular portfolio. And they described it kind of like crumbs that fell off of a bigger cake. So ESPN Plus is supposed to be crumbs. Got it. Well, back on Tuesday, February the 6th, Disney said it was going to take part in a new joint venture with Fox Corp and Warner Brothers Discovery to offer all three companies sports assets via a single streaming app. And both services are aiming to generate new sources of distribution revenue as the cable networks are starting to lose ground. But more on that merger in a little bit. That comes a little later. The company is not waiting until launch of either streaming service to start boosting ESPN. Celebrated college coach Nick Saban, he recently retired from the University of Alabama, is joining ESPN as a commentator. Saban's going to work primarily as an analyst on the set of College Game Day, built by Home Depot, and also contribute to ESPN's NFL draft coverage. The the draft for for the NFL is a huge production. And Saban, I think, is going to be actually an excellent addition because he knows these kids that are coming into the draft. He knows these players. He knows how the system works and what the teams are going to be looking for. So I think that's a a very good addition. Very cool news. And, you know, now we know what Coach is going to be doing during his retirement. Talking football. What else? Probably going to drive his wife a little bit crazy, too. All right, guys, let's go ahead and download some gaming news. So sticking with Disney, they just made a huge announcement, among other huge announcements. Like I said, it was a really busy call that Bob Iger had. They just announced that they are buying $1.5 billion equity stake in Epic Games. Yeah, I just said $1.5 billion into Epic Games. And this is going to kick off a multi-year project with the studio that will see a, quote, new persistent universe of familiar properties that connects with Fortnite. Well, okay, what kind of properties are we talking about here? There's a lot to unpack, but it starts with a press release describing the new project. And it says, in addition to being a world-class games experience and interoperating with Fortnite, the new persistent universe will offer a multitude of opportunities for consumers to play, watch, shop, and engage with content, characters and stories from Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, Avatar, and more. Players, gamers, and fans will be able to create their own stories and experiences, express their fandom in a distinctly Disney way, and share content with each other in ways that they love. And this will all be powered by Unreal Engine. Unquote. Oh, okay, that's a bit buzzwordy. Let me continue. While elsewhere in the release, the project is described as this All new games and entertainment universe, which is still maddeningly vague, but at least it looks like we're trying to escape from that word metaverse because that was getting way overused. And it sounds like this project's going to be built on the precedent set by projects like Lego Fortnite, uh, Fortnite Festival, Rocket Racing. They're all built as separate games that you can access within the Fortnite launcher which feature completely different mechanics from the battle royale, but all while tying back into the central game's progression systems. In essence, this might just be Life Service Kingdom Hearts. oh, I could listen to a soundtrack all day long. Now, there was a brief teaser video that was just full of music uh, that accompanied the statement, and it mostly just shows existing footage from Fortnite and Disney brands, but it does note the four central features in the project, which is play, watch, create, and shop, which just all sounds in keeping with what Fortnite has become over the past few years, but I do have to admit it's a little weird seeing shop listed as a central selling point, but that's just me. Now, the teaser does end with the promise that this multi-year project will launch soon-ish. soon-ish, 1.5 billion. I'm still kind of hung up on that. I mean, can Disney afford that? Heaven knows Epic needs the cash. Their Epic store and launcher leaves a lot to be desired, which reminds me, did I get the free game this week? I'll have to check later. Moving on now, let's go ahead and check out some entertainment news. Jacob Elordi is a newer hot name in Hollywood. He has starred in such projects like Saltburn and Euphoria, but he may be in a wee bit of hot water down in his native Australia. So Elordi is now involved in a police investigation after allegedly assaulting a radio producer on February the 3rd. So as first reported by Australia's Daily Telegraph, the star was at a hotel in Sydney's eastern suburbs when he was approached by a man by the name of Joshua Fox. Now Fox is a producer for the Kyle and Jackie O Show, which is on KIIS-FM. According to Fox's account of the situation on the show, Monday morning, February the 5th. Fox approached Elordi and asked him if he could have some of his bath water for Jackie O for her birthday. This is in reference to a viral scene from the movie Saltburn. Elordi asked Fox to stop filming and delete the footage in response and then the situation allegedly escalated. Okay, so let's back up and understand why he would get so upset. This is a spoiler alert and a very... Oh, queasy stomach alert. So, um, the scene in question. All right, hold on to your hat. If you haven't seen Saltburn yet, 30 minutes around 30 minutes into the film, there is a character by the name of Oliver, who is played by uh, Barry Cogan. He drinks and audibly slurps up the used bathwater that Jacob Elordi's character Felix had just <sighs> finished pleasuring himself in just a few minutes before. And the movie didn't get any cleaner after that, but apparently now somebody on Etsy has released a candle called Jacob Elordi's Bathwater. The product description reads, and I I, I crap you not. (laughs) I can't even do it without laughing. There's nothing quite like the smell of a quality candle, particularly when that smell is inspired by Jacob Elordi and what we imagine His Highness to smell like.
2: You need Jesus, And may he have mercy on your soul.
1: I think we're going to need some holy water to go with that. And God, please do not pick out the the holy water in the bathtub. Okay, so back to the actual assault story. Now that we have that backdrop there. Fox went on to the Kyle and Jackie O show after the incident and said, I refuse to delete the recording because I feel uncomfortable right now. And this is the only evidence. And went on to say, Jacob just kind of flips and he went... Pushed me up against the wall and his hands are on my throat. Now, in a statement to Variety magazine, the New South Wales police said they're investigating the matter. But I understand. Look, like, you show up and you're going to make that kind of a joke. I don't know. It's tasteless. Lordy is currently on a huge streak right now. He had very excellent recent performances in Priscilla and Saltburn, which accl- it earned a critical acclaim. He did get nominated for Supporting Actor for Saltburn at the BAFTA Film Awards, as well as the Rising Star Award. His upcoming projects include Paul Schrader's O Canada and Guillermo del Toro's Dr. Frankenstein, in which he will be playing the monster. Now, a few minutes ago, I teased the story about a major merger. So here it is ESPN, the subsidiary of Walt Disney Company. Fox and Warner Brothers Discovery have reached an understanding on principal terms to form a new joint venture to build an innovative new platform to house a compelling streaming sports service. Kind of a bit of a dramatic opening on that statement, don't you think? The platform brings together the company's portfolios of sports networks, certain direct to consumer sports services, and sports rights, including content from all of the major professional sports leagues and college. The offering is scheduled to launch in the fall of 2024 and will be made available directly to consumers via a new app. So subscribers would also have the ability to bundle the product. So including that with their Disney Plus subscription, Hulu, and or Max. Now each entity of this deal would own one third of the JV or the joint venture and they'll have equal board representation and they'll license their sports content to the joint venture on a non-exclusive basis okay so what exactly are we talking about here as far as what's going to be included well here's just a few of the sports that would be included in this new service we're talking the nfl nba the wnba the mlb the nhl the ncaa pga tour including the masters wimbledon the u.s open australian open for tennis uh the giro d'Italia, and the mountain bike world cup of cycling world We're talking FIFA World Cup, the MLS, the UFC would also be included, NASCAR, the 24 Hours of Le Mans. And there's plenty more where that came from. So many sports, I mean, just about any sports you can think of is going to be included. And this, I mean, this is a huge venture. And I'll admit, I'm actually kind of looking forward to seeing how this service rolls out. What are we looking at cost-wise? That's a very big question there that they have not released the info on yet. But we'll update with the details as they become known. All right. Now, Marvel fans, I'm going to talk to you for a moment. And I have a question to ask of you. How many times has the Fantastic Four been attempted, like on the big screen or even TV? you ready for that answer? Four. There have been four Fantastic Four animated series and three release feature films. Unpopular opinion. I actually enjoyed the 2006 version and follow-up 2007 movie Rise of the Silver Surfer. I mean come on. Chris Evans as the human torch before he became Captain America. It was stupid fun but alas the 2015 version that reboot that was just that was a big, messy bomb. I mean, it needed to make $200 million to profit. It made one hundred and sixty-seven point nine. Was not popular at all. All right, well, why am I bringing this up? Well, there's another reboot on the horizon looking at a 2025 release, but that's not really the big news. I mean, Kevin Feige kind of revealed the intention to reboot this one all the way back in 2019. We just really haven't heard much about it yet because it's been on the line down the line other releases came first the big deal is that sag might have just accidentally released the first cast member and this one's coming after and we're talking months of speculation and months and months of rumors ladies and gentlemen I present to you Pedro Pascal <laughs> If y'all want to talk about a really, really big up-and-coming rising star, I mean, he's been around for a while, but it's really been the last several years that his star has really started to shine bright. And for those who don't know who this is, Pedro is the star of The Mandalorian. I'm not ringing a bell. Okay, well, how about this one? He was also in this, it was kind of a small production. Oh, what was that show called? Oh, that's right. He was in Game of Thrones, right, 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 for like seven episodes. But dude made a serious impression and really put him on the map. Now, lately, Pedro has been starring as the character Joel in the live-action adaptation of the video game, The Last of Us, and he's making huge happy weights so his biography on the After page, before it got deleted, by the way, read something like this. It says, pa- Pascal recently wrapped production on Ridley Scott's highly anticipated Gladiator 2 and will soon begin production on Marvel Studios' Fantastic Four. By the way, that was news to me. I hadn't actually been looking at the updated cast list for Gladiator 2, so surprise! He's in the movie. We don't know who he is, though, yet. I mean, I can see... The rumor currently is that Pascal is going to be the character of Reed Richards. And I can see this. I can see he's got the look. He's definitely got the acting skills to pull it off, I think. So if this oops turns out to be true, I think this version of Fantastic Four could turn out to be a pretty excellent movie. I think part of the reason that the other one bombed, personal opinion, is that you change the backstory that's been established for many, many, many years. Um, You swapped a couple characters around, and then you used not unknowns, but almost virtual unknowns. When the other Fantastic Four movie came out, the one that I liked anyway, you had known people in it. Maybe they weren't like big, huge, flashy stars, and you don't always need big, huge, flashy stars, but you had established people. We've known about Chris Evans since he was doing uh, like college-level antics on, on some of these other movies. I mean, we're talking... Do y'all remember? It was in. It was not another teen movie. And he comes out wearing the whipped cream bikini, where it looks like he's completely naked underneath the whipped cream. People went crazy over that. But I mean, that was that was kind of how he got put on the radar until he got the part of the Human Torch. So Johnny Storm really kind of was his breakout. But then you also had Michael Chiklis, who was a very well established actor at the time. He had been doing the part of the Shield forever. So you have these these. A mix, I guess, of sort of known but and then really well-known actors. And it came together and it worked and, and it was well enough to do a sequel. This, the the reboot that happened, what was it, 2015? I don't remember who was in that movie. It did not impress me. So to see a, this new reboot with an established actor such as Pedro Pascal mixed with possibles of I don't know who some of these people are, and that's okay. That's okay. I will learn who they are. But it looks like it's going to be a big mix. And there's a couple of rumors and some other ones. But this is the first quote confirmed of the new movie. So I look forward to that one. But I'm and also I'm really looking forward to to gladiator 2. Now that I've pulled that up and I see who's coming back from the original. Okay, look, Russell Crowe already said he's not coming back. His character's dead. So unless they do some sort of flashback using like original film, he won't be in it. And honestly, I'm okay with that. It looks like the film is is actually going to focus uh, on the character of the nephew Lucius from the first movie. So that could be pretty exciting um, because it also looks like the actress who played his mom in that movie, actress uh, Connie Nielsen, she's coming back. So that's pretty exciting. So I'm going to be looking for more to that one. That one looks like that's going to be released in November of this year. November is going to be a very busy month again uh, for lots of movies, so. But let's go ahead and move on to a big story. And I I did debate on this one a little bit because it's an unsavory news topic. And to be honest, I did want to include the story because it is pretty big. But I don't want to say it's it's not really an entertainment story. But heaven knows society loves to watch the British royal family's shenanigans like it's a British soap opera. A little bit of history and a lot of this is recent history. King Charles III, he ascended to the British throne upon his mother's passing on the 8th of September back in 2022. He was the longest serving British heir apparent, having surpassed, it was Edward VII's record of 59 years, on the 20th of April of 2011. Now, Charles was the oldest person to secede to the British throne at the age of 73. The previous record holder was William IV. He was 64 when he became king back in 1830. Charles's coronation took place on May the 6th of 2023. So we're talking less than a year ago. A little bit of coronation music there. Well, now it's been announced that King Charles III is facing a pretty major health battle. In a statement that was shared back on February the 5th, Buckingham Palace announced that the monarch has been diagnosed with cancer. The statement reads, during the King's recent hospital procedure for benign prostate enlargement, a separate issue of concern was noted. Subsequent diagnostic tests have identified a form of cancer. His Majesty has today commenced a schedule of regular treatments, during which time he has been advised by doctors to postpone public facing duties. However, Charles isn't completely stepping back from his duties as King and Queen Camilla will continue their duties. The palace told NBC News that Charles doesn't have prostate cancer. The news of Charles's ongoing health battle comes just hours after the monarch was seen for like the first time following his release from the London Clinic, where he spent several days recovering from a corrective procedure on his prostate. Camilla was there, and the royal couple greeted well-wishers as they attended a service at the Church of St. Mary Magdalene on the Sandringham Estate, February the 4th. He was actually treated at the same institution as his daughter-in-law, Princess Kate, who underwent pre-planned abdominal surgery. By January the 29th, the Royal had been released from the hospital, but according to a palace statement, any forthcoming public engagements had been rescheduled to allow for a period of private recuperation. Leave him alone. The Princess of Wales was also confirmed to be on the mend following her release. There's a lot of speculation regarding both of their medical issues. Like, what kind of surgery did the Princess need to have? And if it's not prostate cancer, what exactly does the King have? Becoming, with this news coming so soon after his coronation, we're talking, like I said, less than a year. And the idea that there's a, a possibility of another coronation in the future... Has got a lot of tongues waggling, right? I mean, but honestly, I think it's unlikely we will ever know exactly what he has. But many are wondering, is it time to give the crown to William? Or is he going to hang on a little bit longer and pass away in service just like his mom did? Regardless, best of healing vibes to the king and the princess. And we hope to see them in public again soon. Now, speaking of princesses and Disney... They just dropped a surprise on us all. The Walt Disney Company announced, remember that phone call I told you about that Bob Iger was on? This was one of those another announcements. The Walt Disney Company has announced that Moana 2 will be released in theaters November 27th of 2024. Have a listen to this. okay other than some epic music we're not hearing a whole lot but love the conch shell and maui's there too i mean look i thought that they ended moana beautifully so i'm actually kind of shocked about a sequel but here is the official statement that disney released they said walt disney animation studios epic animated musical moana 2 takes audiences on an expansive new voyage with moana maui and a brand new crew of unlikely seafarers After receiving an unexpected call from her wayfinding ancestors, Moana must journey to the far seas of Oceania and into dangerous, long-lost waters for an adventure unlike anything she's ever faced. Moana 2 opens in theaters November 27th of 2024. Now, I'm just going to put that out there. That is five days after Gladiator 2 is coming out. Just saying. Busy, busy season also announced on that call get a load of this list okay so toy story 5 which we've heard rumors for for a while uh frozen 3 zootopia 2 and the mandalorian and grogu i've mentioned that one before that one that one we heard about about two weeks ago now coming out this year kingdom of the planet of the eights 8th, may 10th inside out 2 june 14th deadpool 3 july 26th uh, mufasa the lion king December 20th, 2024. That's four more huge movies that are coming out. Now, Deadpool 3, I'm really looking forward to because that one, you know, we've got the return of Wolverine. And of course, it's Ryan Reynolds, man. Inside Out, number two, Inside Out literally tore me to pieces. That is such a beautiful movie. So, I want to see what they do I mean I'm, they're adding more emotions because the character of Riley is growing up and she's maturing so they got more stuff coming up uh the Planet of the Apes they've been doing a fantastic uh job with that series so I want to see what what Kingdom does and then I didn't know they were doing a Mufasa movie I'm so I'm down for it now my biggest question is this where's my boy is he in it he is not a little bit of a heartbreak guys but James Earl Jones will, is not currently tied to the Mufasa project. And honestly, I mean, look, the man's pretty much, he, he's retired at this point. I don't think he necessarily needs to be in it, but that would just give some chills to have him maybe, like, do a little bit of narration. I think that would have been cool. But I understand, you know, he's he he's retired, let's leave him alone, but we can admire from afar, right? So, long live the king. But I think we can all agree, Disney has had a, they had a really dismal 2023, but Looking at this list, they might be able to redeem themselves and maybe actually have a profitable year at least on the, in the box office. But unfortunately for the Marvel side of Disney, they just recently had a tragedy happen on the set of Wonder Man. Now, I was not familiar with this character so I looked him up. Wonder Man was initially introduced as a supervillain that was imbued with ionic energy, fought the Avengers and then events happen, things happen. He dies and gets reborn as a superhero who joins the team against that, which he originally fought. So he he joins up with the Avengers. But I digress. There was a crew member who was working on the Wonder Man television series. He died after an accident at the Radford Studio Center. Now the LA County coroner identified the crew member as Juan Osorio, a 41-year-old rigger who goes by the name of Spike. He died after falling off the raft the rafters February the 6th now filming for Wonder Man was not happening at the time of the accident and they've currently halted production a Marvel spokesman did say in a statement our thoughts and deepest condolences are with his family and friends and our support is behind the investigation into the circumstances of this accident end quote in the meantime by Wednesday morning a GoFundMe was already live a statement on the page said on February 6, 2024, our friend Spike lost his life on the set of Marvel's Wonder Man shoot due to the potential structural failure. We are hoping the production company, the facility, MBS, Marvel Studios, all handle things properly but expect a long road fraught with attorney fees and expenses. In the meantime, bills will be mounting in the widow, boom operator Joanne, will be left with left to deal with everything. Help if you're able, it is greatly appreciated. As of Thursday the 8th, February the 8th, the fundraiser had a goal of 150000 and they had already earned over 160000 160, in donations from the time it was posted on Wednesday morning to Thursday evening. Huge. I mean, it looks like they've upped the goal to 200000 It's really sad that they felt the statement had to be made of we hope they're going to do the right thing and that it, they may have to have attorney fees and so forth. I really hope that's not the case, but obviously we don't know the circumstances following why did he fall? You know, what was going on and why did he fall? So uh, really sad situation on that one and absolutely sending our condolences to his family and friends. It's a horrible tragedy no matter what. You never want to hear something like that happening. All right, we're gonna go ahead and move on to something just a little bit lighter. Let's go take a look at some odd news.
0: And now, for something different.
1: So when I first read the story I'm about to present to you, I legitimately thought we had a whole nother Florida man story, but nope. It's a darn Yankee from New York for this one. New Smyrna Beach, Florida. A man drove his truck into the water. Tuesday, the 10th of February, the Volusia County Sheriff's Office said 49-year-old Jason Bruskevich drove around a closed gate that had a huge you know, do not enter sign didn't pay the toll fee and then drove out onto the beach according to the affidavit the beach was closed because well the tide it was too high for anybody it was it was too dangerous for people to be on the beach and it was too high high for cars well the sheriff's office provided video from a witness and shows Bruce Kevich's pickup truck driving into the surf like literally he's in the water the truck quickly becomes engulfed in the water duh also in the video bruce kevich can be seen attempting to do a donut body camera video shows the interaction between deputies and bruce kevich following his drive into the ocean i'm going to post the links to the videos but the audio doesn't come across really well it's all it was really super windy you know because it was a storm out in the gulf out in the ocean but um also i'll post that but basically bruce kevich He's videotaping, he's, he's now on the beach, he's sitting down, and he's literally saying, it's not my fault the truck don't surf. No so on the video, you can hear the sheriff's deputy saying, yeah, but you shouldn't be driving on the beach when the gates are all closed. Uh, Bruce Kevich says, well, I thought I was in England. The deputy, you thought you were in England? You're not in England. Bruce Kevich, are we not in Kansas anymore? The deputy replied, no. Well, then Bruce Kevich can then be seen laughing on camera in response and then ask the deputy, can I get in trouble for that? Yeah, jail time if need be. So Bruce Kevich says, well, how much? And the deputy said, well, it's a misdemeanor at this point. And they end the video with Bruce Kevich being handcuffed. All right, now, I know, I know you shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but This guy's mugshot, he, he looks a little unhinged. Just a wee bear. So the sheriff's office uh, said that as of February the 6th, Bruce Kevich is being held at the Volusia County Branch Jail with a violation of Volusia County Ordinance, which is failure to pay vehicular access fee. His bond was set for two hundred dollars. Now, good Samaritans, you can find them all over, but this one kind of got involved in a little bit of a weird story. So, let's introduce you to metal detectorist Scott Mankey. He went out one morning near the Penobscot River in Maine and ended up digging up a tungsten ring. I'm going to let him tell this story.
2: It was a beautiful day off. It was, uh, it was early. You know, I'll spend you know, all day down on the Scott, You know, it was low tide, nice and early, the sun was shining. That day, Scott Menke would dig up a tungsten metal ring. He didn't think too much of it initially, though months later, he would clean it up in hopes of selling it. I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna try to find the owner. So I I, uh, dunked it in mineral oil, bought a magnifying glass. Well, I threw it on the buy swap, and trade sites and I got a couple of comments like one guy's like, That's a generic ring, why would anyone want that? You know, so I had a few trolls at first, I told them to mind their own business. And then this lady actually messaged me and she's like, Wait, I think that's that's my ring. And uh, I'm like, No way. There's no way. Mankey, clearly shocked that he found the ring's owner, wanted to be sure of it. I'm like, okay, give me the initials for the heck of it. Two seconds later she told me initials. I'm cause I'm laying in bed. I'm like, there's no way. Come on. So I sit up because I don't believe this. And I'm like, throw, throw me out a date. And she throws out the date. It must be the date when they got married back in, I think, 06 or something. Yeah. Mankey was eager to return the ring to the couple after all those years of love, but he would soon find out that was not quite the case. I go, when do you want to meet up? I'll return it, no response. I go, so, I mean, I'd like to return this, you know, no response. So then she finally tells me, she's like, well, it's uh, it's my ex-husband's, and uh, <laughs> he tossed it in the river. Apparently, though, <laughs> no, she goes, "It's nice to know he tossed it in the river." Yeah, I was laughing. His efforts were appreciated, but the ring may likely be for sale again. She was like, "Thank you for being a good Samaritan, trying to do the right thing." She goes, "Thank you for that, but honestly, you know, it's the ex-husband. She hates him. She's like, you can either toss it, keep it, or sell it." So there's a ring for sale, I guess. In the end, Mankey is glad he could find the story behind the ring, even if it didn't have a storybook ending. We're a good group of smell detectors, and we just try to do the the right thing and try to return stuff, you know. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of not the heartfelt story, but kind of a comical one. <laughs> she wasn't too happy the ex threw it in the river, though, I don't think. Will Wagner, WABI TV5 News.
1: Wow, just wow. Definitely not the storybook ending, but... uh You know, I wouldn't know how to respond if that was my ex's ring, but props to Mr. Mankey for, you know, trying to do the right thing. All right. Now, finally, y'all do remember Valentine's Day is right around the corner. And if you're single or you've had a bad breakup, this next story might just be right up your alley. There is a toilet paper company that is offering members of the public the chance to have their old love letters from their exes turned into recycled bathroom tissue for Valentine's Day. Who gives a crap? A recycled toilet paper company that launched back in 2012 announced its Flush Your Ex program that will turn old love letters into the privy paper. The advertisement reads, mails us those leftover love letters taking up psychic space in your sock drawer and we will deliver them out to our production facilities where we magically transform their BS into TP because nothing says closure like knowing that someone somewhere is putting those sweet nothings exactly where they belong. Now, the company is accepting love letter donations mailed to its addresses in the United States, Australia, and Britain, and letters are being accepted through February 29. Well, at least it's useful recycling. I've heard of a couple of those little programs that'll do something, you know, in, in honor of your ex. I think there was one that was, that was a zoo. It was like, hey, come name a cockroach after your ex and we'll feed it to an animal or what have you. I, I don't know. It's that kind of weird. Well, Taylor Swift is going to be streaming on Disney Plus next month, but we did have to say goodbye to a legend, Mr. Toby Keith. We're going to raise a red solo cup in your honor this weekend. Disney has bought into Epic. ESPN, Warner Brothers, Discovery, and Fox are about to become best friends forever. King Charles is battling an illness and we have a new Fantastic Four on the way. We got people truck surfing in Florida and love letter toilet paper. Takes all kinds. Thank you guys so much for joining me today. I do want to remind you, I include the links to all of my sources in the comments so you can see what I see and more. Also, don't forget to drop a comment or send us an email if there's a story you want us to cover. Join us next time as we check out the latest in entertainment news. Remember guys, Stay comfy in the Starter Zone. This is Amanda. Good luck and have fun.
0: You have been listening to The Starter Zone with Amanda. I am Raven. We thank you for your time and support. Without you, we simply would not be. Please hit that like and subscribe button and visit us on Facebook and Twitter at The Starter Zone. Have we missed something? Have something to say? Leave us a comment or send us audio clips for your chance to be on the show. We invite you to come back for more exciting news and commentary on the world around you. See you next time in the Starter Zone.